Well, it's nice to see that smiley face of yours again. This is Corey, and this is the Alien Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. I haven't had real food in four days. I'm on what they call the toddler diet. And this is episode 346 of the Odiantha Podcast. Once again, coming to you from the hashtag OTALA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, you can't keep us away. This <laughs> The easiest way to find the audio version of this podcast, anchor.fm forward slash Odiantha uh, gives you direct links to all the places where you like to listen to us. And uh, Roberto, you're officially fired. Uh, all of my scenes are disconnected from where they're supposed to be. <laughs> and I, now that we're live again, I forgot. Uh, and uh, producer Brooks, although he's not in the house tonight, uh, is way cuter. So he's going to be staying on for a while. So uh, happy I got to meet uh, producer Brooks uh, in the last couple of days now that uh, isolation is over. Oh, and I forgot. We're going to have isolation in place for producer Roberto, too, even if we wanted him to come back. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and let's see, they make dogs uh, stay for six weeks if they go to Hawaii, so let's do that math. Dogs, six weeks, Hawaii, Roberto, six months, L.A.? Is Something that how like it works? that. I think we okay. got to chain them up in the room, yeah. like the gulags and stuff like that. All right, all right, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> speaking of gulag, Roberto, have your PlayStation ready, because we are going to be playing some <laughs> Call of Duty. But uh, we're not talking about any of that stuff this week. This week, we are going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Including the fact that, hey, we remembered it's a holiday before the holiday actually came this time. <laughs> it's a lovely change of pace. That we... Not often that that happens. Sometimes we don't remember until uh, well after. Oh, we should have talked about Thanksgiving this week. We say to ourselves on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> As we're sitting at the table. Yes. Uh, and, you know, good news is that we get the chance to sit around the table. So that's that's good. All well and good, I suppose. But um yeah, it's always better when we are like, hey, uh, we, we didn't do a Basement of Horror episode. Remember how we used to yeah, do yeah. those things? And like, oh, yeah, uh, we should have done that for this week since, you know, it's going to be after Halloween. We left the, the basement. Episode. so Also, that's true. Yeah. And uh, it still continues to astound me, the point from last week, that we've been here nearly twice as long as we were in uh, Deep Below the Earth in Parkville, Maryland. Indeed. And it doesn't seem like that. I don't know. Very weird. Time changes. Time seems weirder in L.A., but it also could be that an entire year of our time here has been spent inside. So. Well, I still maintain. I like the old joke where uh, somebody who lives in New York like does like 15 things and they're just like, oh, I got nothing done today. Yeah. And somebody in L.A. does like two things and they're like, oh, man, my day was swamped. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's so much to do. Well, also, if one of those things is on the west side, forget it. That's all you were getting <laughs> done today anyway. So it's fine. The travel time alone. But uh, I know you wanted to uh, have a special talk about Thanksgiving on this week's episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how, how special it needs to be because I think everyone's sort of getting this talk in some way or another. Or if you aren't, you should. Uh, but uh, the coronavirus is still raging out of control. Uh, way worse than it had been at any other point during the pandemic. Wait, wait, are we still doing that thing? Yeah, yeah unfortunately. I, I mean, I don't know, because I just see everybody, they're out at restaurants. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Ted Cruz said as soon as uh, the election was over, like, people would just forget about the coronavirus. Yeah, and apparently yeah. that's what happened, but the coronavirus didn't forget. That's the problem. Oh, okay. Well, what do we have to do? Nobody it's, filled uh, in the coronavirus on our plans to forget about of, it. Some sort of roofies that work on the coronavirus? <laughs> what do we What do we have to do so I can go home and see my family this week? Uh, we have to eliminate the coronavirus ah. in some way. So uh, vaccines look like a promising start, uh, but we're also a little bit of a ways away from people actually getting these vaccines, like normal people. If you're a nurse or a first responder of some kind, you're probably going to get it first. Uh, and 
if you're with old, good reason. <laughs> if you if you're older, you'll probably get it first as well. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's a lot of people who are discussing who should be second in line behind like nurses and healthcare workers and stuff like that. Um, Influencers have to be it. I, I listen, Corey. They have I, to have parties. They have to have events. You know, uh, uh, something that is not going to get suggested nearly enough, but I think should be put in there is uh, not only seniors in nursing homes, but mm-hmm. also prisoners in prison. Oh yeah, because those are that's how a lot of this is bred into. Because just everyone in a prison gets sick. Uh, also, yeah, uh, because they're doing this thing of like, let's keep them in the local jail instead of sending them to prison. Yeah. And then you go in for a weekend and then you contract it from the guys who are in there for several months. Right. And, because you uh, threw a party and Gavin Newsom sent you a ticket. And yeah. <laughs> so then you went to jail and then you picked up COVID from the jail and you took it back to your party the next weekend. You're, <laughs> I got out of jail celebration party. But I did uh, actually side note. It's not on our list of things to talk about, but I want to interrupt because you brought it up. Yeah. The thing about the vaccines. Uh, all the news is great. Uh, Moderna has one that's 90% effective. Pfizer has one that's like 80% effective. I think both of those are 95. Are they 95? Yeah. So uh, Moderna or no, uh, what's the other one? Uh, I always get it mixed up with audio technica. Yes. Uh, AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca. They have a uh, 70% one. 80%, 80%. But I think theirs also has some sort of like safeguards against transmitting. So, you so, know, so like, here's here's the thing. 95% is the number because that is best case scenario. Yeah. But what they did is they did this structured out testing where some people got full full dose in one shot. Some people got a half dose, half dose, two months apart or one month apart. Mm-hmm. Some people got small dose and then what they called a prime dose. And then a month later got whatever was left of the dose. Right. That averaged down to 95% efficacy. The studies themselves actually show that most people got the prime priming dose and then the full dose, which means that that's likely the most effective kind. Yeah. Putting that little, we're going to give you a little primer. So your system like, Hey, Hey, and overreacts to it. And right about the time it calms down, we bombard it with more of the vaccine and Mm. then it overreacts again. And that should give you full protection. But Pfizer's vaccine and Moderna's vaccine need to be transported one at negative 70 and the other at negative 50. And there is not infrastructure to move vaccines around the country at that temperature. Yeah. So essentially, unless you are near a manufacturing plant or a large facility, God bless Kaiser, because I did my research and I found out. Kaiser LA has a deep freeze facility in the there, basement. There are six in in <laughs> California, so <laughs> So if you guys listen to us in Maryland, sorry. <laughs> Although there is one at Johns Hopkins as well. Yeah. So, so. Uh, the most trusted hospital in Maryland has one of these facilities. So really, uh, the place where they don't have it is the place where they need it, in the center of the country where nobody believes COVID's real. But the good thing about AstraZeneca is it's less effective. Uh, again, 80% if you don't use the averaging, which is what they should do because yeah. they gave three different doses kinds. But um, essentially what they said is, we've learned that small dose Big dose is the way to go. So we're going to use that number as the effective number. If we use all of the numbers, it's actually more like 70, but that's because we did it several different ways. That one it can, has to be, can be transported at negative 20, which is about the limit of where we usually transmit or trans, transport vaccines. And everybody has infrastructure for that. Your CVS, your local CVS can actually do a negative 20 vaccine. Yeah. So it's probably going to be that, most people will end up getting the AstraZeneca vaccine because it'll be the one that the government can put money in to say, hey, Target, you have a CVS in it? Great. We're going to send you some vaccine. Give yeah. it away for free. Uh, and also most of the world will get that because 
it's the only way we will get a vaccine out to a lot of places. Yeah. Um, because building infrastructure to, to send out a whole new vaccine that, by the way, may never need to be repeated is going to be a problem. I also, just personally speaking, I don't know anything offhand, but I am a little bit nervous about uh, the guardrails that have been lowered to allow this to go so fast. Uh, not to say that these vaccines aren't going to make a tremendous impact on uh, curbing the virus yeah. and stuff like that, but I, I don't necessarily think that everyone should examine this as like the golden ticket that like sa- saves us all, more so the thing that allows us to eradicate it enough that it doesn't cause chaos like it has been. You know, We're using like, about 500,000 people as the example for 6 billion people, which yeah. is not... Uh, statistically accurate right um yeah what's the rule it's 1200 people is essentially reflective of the u.s so if i poll 1200 people but you know what if i poll 1200 people in northern baltimore county that is not representative of the of but uh, also much like a poll if it takes you 100 times to get somebody to answer a question how representative is that poll right like if you call, you know, if you got 1200 people in a poll but it took you 120,000 calls to make to get it yeah like and I, I can find one out of 100 people who will stay on the phone with me for a little while and ask answer political questions. I don't necessarily think those people are representative of everybody. everybody. And, but. and part of the problem is that vaccine takers are also generally going to be people who were probably stay or the vaccine testers were people who were staying at home. They were working from home if they could. And so 95 percent efficacy looks very good. But does well, that I mean, mean it? You reflect? also can't. You also can't probably tell. Like Pfizer can't. <laughs> if you got the vaccine, Pfizer can't be like, "Hey, you got it. Go party." Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, and they, they they're definitely not saying that. What because they, if you went partied and died, then they would be responsible for the fact that they told you to go do something that was dangerous yeah. in the the face of this thing. The real hope is not that it is as uh, has as much efficacy as it the test show. The hope is that we reach the lower end of herd immunity. And by acting responsibly and getting the vaccine, that people acting responsibly and then being slightly protected, most of us being protected when we go out to have to go to the grocery store or the drugstore, that we will have simulated herd immunity well, and knock it down. And so I, I guess the point I'm trying to make to all the people who are traveling, three million people got on airplanes this weekend. Uh, more people are, are traveling than car than were, was expected. Again, both these numbers are lower than the usual. what a normal Thanksgiving would look like, but still a lot more than I think either one of us feel comfortable with. Hey, Corey, they in traveled this on the weekend to avoid a crowd, all right? <laughs> Did you see O'Hare? It was a ghost town today. <laughs> it was absolutely not a ghost town today. Don't, don't listen to Rob on that one. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just... I don't know what can be said to people who are going to travel and see their families and potentially put them in harm's way that like we'll get through to people you know like we're we're past the point of being able to like it it, you know it's like smoking like if you're gonna smoke you're gonna smoke there's not really anything that anyone can tell you that's gonna make you stop you know it's not like I haven't heard of cancer before. So yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's, we're not our grandparents where it's like the doctors are telling you like switch yeah. to camels cause you need a little less tar, right. but otherwise you're going to be fine. You'll find that it's a smoother burn of your throat. <laughs> like, uh, here I have the something, Turkish tobacco. I have something I'd like to t- tell some everyone I, yeah. and maybe this will work. Listen, um, have I traveled on a non Thanksgiving close to date? Luckily my nephew's birthday is 
in the zone of the holidays, kind of the front end of the holidays. Yeah. But uh, other than the delay on the plane coming home, which sucked because we sat in the tarmac on a plane for a long time, uh, and why I enforced a two-week, a full two-week um, isolation and quarantine because I wouldn't have if I hadn't sat on a damn plane for five hours. By the way, appreciate that, by the way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, you know, the other, the uh, something I would like to say to people who are listening Maybe you be proactive with your other friends if you know that you're going to have to quarantine for some sort of reason and give them the extra time so that they don't have to ask it of you. Yeah. Because it is like we, we discussed it before you left and you said, I'm going to do two tests. I'm going to do two weeks quarantine. I'm going to make sure I'm going to do this by the books so yeah. we can be as safe as possible. And I didn't have to say anything. You know, other people I might see, I have to, I have to have caveats. I'm just like, all right, well, when you get old, it's the responsible thing. And I, I don't understand why I, I was telling people like, uh, okay, so I'm going to be back to work on Tuesday, but that doesn't mean I'll be back in the office on Tuesday. I will be back, uh, teleworking, working, but yeah. I'll be at home. Now, if there is an absolute emergency, I do have a, um, PM five, which is a, essentially a 100 mask. Like it. I, what the the website that I bought it from, which is an, an NIOSH website, said is that if a uh, chemical weapon was to go off within 100 feet of me, it would burn my eyes and my skin off, but my lungs would be fresh as they were the day before because <laughs> uh, it'll protect you from everything. Particulates and, and, and uh, are the important thing here, but it would protect me from particulates. So if I have to go in, I can mask up for an hour, come in and handle it, but I'm working from home. And people were like, uh, don't you think you're overreacting? And I said, um, you're going to Soho house for lunch every day. I think that's underreacting. Yeah. And if I'm overreacting, then fine. But also I don't want to get people I know sick. So that's up to you. But I did, uh, you know, we, uh, I got back on Monday. So technically I was fully isolated for 11 days, two negative tests within the 11 days, both of which were, uh, one was at seven days. One was at the 11th day. Or no, the 10th day plus um, the 11th. No, I was isolated for 12 days. Yeah. 11th day I had a test. Sixth day I had a test. And both came back negative. So we're all good. I'm going to get another test next week because it'll be day 20, which means I'll be fully on the other side of it. Um, If for some reason I'm some sort of freak and (laughs) it took 15 days for me to start showing any symptoms or to be uh, asymptomatic. I'll know, and then we'll be good. But I, I will call that last test the clearance test. And I'm yeah. like, all right, this incident is now over. Um, I don't know why people aren't doing that. But here's the deal. But, I, I mean, like, here, the, the, the problem is that, like, you know, all this could be for not technically because, like, you know, I went out to uh, pick up lunch today. Yep. I didn't, you know, eat outside or have my mask off for any period of time outside of the apartment. But, like, I went out to pick up lunch. How do I know I didn't get a trace amount from somebody while I was out doing that? And then, you know, I, you are safe, but now I am having it. And then five days later, I start shedding it and then yep. you get it. And then, you know, there's no without contact tracing, there's no way to ever be able to tell how something happened. And, and like I, how somebody I accidentally broke <clears throat> uh, curfew and went to a CVS yeah. uh, yesterday before yesterday. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have any con- close contact with somebody, but I touched things that were in a store that they clearly weren't expecting people to be in. So it had been hours since they had done their COVID protocol or whatever, but who knows? It's, you can only look at incidences, but what I can say is I missed my family. I was looking forward to seeing them at the holidays, but now I realize that it's not worth the risk to travel with a bunch of people and possibly get them sick. Yeah. 
I was able to hug my mother and my father and see my nephew and play with him. And that was great. And I did that. Um, I wouldn't do it now because the hug well, that you were, I give you were telling you were telling me before you left, like, oh, man, I really wish I didn't book this. Like, so, and to be fair, when I booked it, numbers were exceedingly low. And it was like, oh, well, this is weird. We didn't get a bump after Halloween. Everything mm-hmm. looks fine. And then as travel approached, the bump came. Yeah. Uh, and it was just delayed a couple of days. And then things were looking horrible at both ends of the trip. And I was like, all right, well, this was dumb, but I've already said I'm coming. The trip's booked. So... I got this PM 100 mask. Yeah. Let's push through and see how it goes. But the message I want to give to people is that like, listen, I, I having done it, I know that it rejuvenated me to see my family. I understand that. But if you travel now, if you're one of the 3 million people flying this week, then the chance of you hugging your grandmother, your mother, your father, your grandfather, your nephews that you miss so much. And also at that same hugging time, feeling rejuvenated in your energy and passing COVID to them, the probability is there. And I know yeah. that human beings have an, it's impossible for us to calculate probability that you see somebody who is out taking a trip every other weekend because flights are so cheap. Or who's at the bar every night back home, wherever you are. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, they never get it. You're right. And their chance of getting it is as equal as it was yesterday as it is today. Their luck doesn't get better. I mean, maybe their luck does, but luck's not really a thing. That, you know, they're, the chance of getting it tomorrow was the same as it was today. They didn't. It doesn't make it more or less likely they will tomorrow. Actually, well, with like, the numbers going up, it's probably more likely you get it tomorrow. But So there's a, there's a, a thing that I, I recommend people go look for, which is the uh, Georgia Tech has put together a, a map that allows you to sort of calculate the risk of mm-hmm. certain things at certain events. Based off of real-time data, they constantly update the, the model. Is it the anonymous phone data or whatever? Uh, I don't remember offhand how they got some of it, but I know, you know, local testing numbers are part okay. of the uh, calculus for it and stuff like that. But you can literally go to like, you know, Nashville. There's 100 people at this bar. What are the chances that there's somebody with COVID here? Mm-hmm. And you can see the rates increase by how many people are in a place together. You know, yeah. like it's like one of those things like I think it was like if you went to Nashville, I think I looked it up for Nashville because our friend was there at the time. At a bar. And, yeah. I was just like, uh. You know, it was like if it was you and three other people, it would be like a five uh, percent chance that somebody had COVID or something like that. Right. It's just like okay, that's low, and it's like what if there's a hundred people? Like regardless of social distancing, anything else, hundred people, it's just like ninety six percent chance. Yeah, somebody somebody there has COVID. So and and uh, then the probability that you get it from them is you might not get it. Factors you might not get it in the room. There might be there might might be somebody with COVID in a room of a hundred people, and you don't get it. But that doesn't mean that the chance wasn't there for you to get it. Yes. And you don't know about it for a week. And you might not even show it. That's the worst part is that, like, you know, I, I could be I could be sick and shedding the virus and not showing any kind of symptoms whatsoever and killing somebody, you know? like Yeah, there was that meme going around of people sitting around a fire circle, which looked so familiar to everybody in Maryland that I know. That is, like, yeah. well, you know, we went out, we were outside, we were sitting around a fire. I'm like, yeah, but it was a cold night and you were sitting there was people within two feet of you on both sides. So yeah. six people within six feet of you. Um, and it's like, oh, well, one person goes to this fire bonfire who has COVID. And now all of you are going home with it. And let's say you don't even get sick because they're sick and they don't know it. They're asymptomatic. Well, you know, one of them is uh, married to a nurse or doctor. So now they're taking it into the hospital staff. And yeah. somebody else is married to a, a cop or a fireman. And now 
they're taking it into the firehouse or the or the police station and taking down half of uh you know the first responders and just like yep yeah, it's the chances are ridiculous and again it's so hard because humans can't calculate probability because if i roll snake eyes three times in a row i feel like i'm gonna roll snake eyes again yeah but there's no they, yeah, yeah there i have the same chance of rolling snake eyes i had every single time before it's equal every single time it's it's just impossible it's the hot hand fallacy yes. yeah yeah and just like when you're losing at cards and uh i've seen people get up from a table at a casino turn and just go to the table behind them because it's like uh this table is not good for me right now i'm gonna go <laughs> it's got bad juju yeah it, it's got both of them have three decks of cards you got the same chance of getting this you know yeah know, same deck of cards, but I, I can understand that though a little bit though because there the, sometimes even though uh, even though I'm I'm very logical and like I'm just like I, I'm totally down with 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 everything we're talking about probabilities and everything here I do feel like there's some sort of cosmic nature to the world like that I can't explain you know like even though I know. And this that, is the human condition oh, I know, oh, I know. that you're saying <laughs> I understand the logic. I get it. Probabilities there. But maybe, I mean, there's just a little bit of something in the, uh, the magic in the. Because uh, it's not like uh, all all everything is tied to exact probability, you know, like it's not it's not a 100. It's 99 percent probability, but well, there's I, a one percent chance there for there's over magic for there, less than a better. Time, you know, there, like there's overlapping probability because like in a card game, someone's yeah. dealing the cards. OK, yeah. but somebody else may have loaded those cards into the machine. So now it's like probability on probability on probability and then you get random happens well and i mean by technicality if there's five people at the table again don't go to a casino with five people right now i don't know what what else to tell you but sitting at a table if you were hypothetically sitting at the casino table and you're the fifth person in the in the line your probability changes with every card that's dealt so i mean like you know it's not the same as saying like oh i have a one in three pack you know 52 156 one in 56 chance of getting this card three in 56 chance of getting this card yeah well i mean and and so here's what i'll say i agree with you in theory on on one condition okay because i understand that uh within the computer when you build a computer model that as much as you try to make things pure probability yeah that the model will always defer even a random number generator will at times defer to spitting out a number every so many times. Yeah. So because we live in a simulation and nothing you actually know is real, this is actually a computer program that's being fed into our consciousness, then that could actually be the 1% you're talking about. That yeah. The num- random number generator gets lazy and it's just like, hey, you know what? But Snake saying, eyes, four times in a row. Bam, 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 bam. But to the, to the you know, the gambler type of logic here, like the moving to the other table is trying to account for that 1%. I have nothing I can do about the 99%. Yeah. I'm drawn. The cards that I'm dealt are what I have. Like, I, I don't have a, a way of, like, dancing and get special cards. Like, th- there's nothing that can change the probability. The only thing I can change is that 1%, you know, do I have the magic in me? Yeah, you know? you're, you're, you're looking for the uh, black cat to walk through twice. Get a little, yeah, 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 little yeah, glitch you know. in the matrix and uh, <laughs> spit you out a n- nothing but 21 for the rest of the Right. Night. Well, I mean, like, you know, it's the same. You watch the NFL and they're just like, you know, Amazon Web Services as this is a 22% of the time they catch this ball. And it's just like, okay, yes, technically this catch looks like one out of every five times somebody's going to come down with it. But, you know, you're figuring this out based off of thousands of catches that have happened like this and what the chances are that you're going to catch it based off of that, which is not the same thing as like, you know, the cornerback might be different. The quarterback is different. The wide receiver is different. Like everything is different. Like there's no way to... You could sort of say, like in the in the uh, 
uh, abstract, like this is a, a one in five catch that somebody would make this, but that doesn't mean that you have to be like, you know, the best wide receiver in the league to pull it down. You could be the last guy in the roster and pull down a catch like that. Well, I think that's why Tom Brady's statistics were so good for so long because it was like, oh, well, he's had Danny Woodhead with him for five years and he's had uh, Gronkowski with him for six years. And it's like, no, no, if Brady is throwing to a tight end, he's throwing to this tight end. <laughs> and so we have more reliable statistics. Right. Unlike, um, I don't know, like the Ravens who might have. <laughs> a normal out route from a tight end is a, a 50-50 ball, and you're just like, well, not when you're Brady and Gronkowski. It's, yeah. it's up a little bit more. Than <laughs> yeah, and because those two are uh, getting together in March to you, uh, throw balls Because you got people so. like, you know, uh, Carson Wentz out there. Like, you can't. <laughs> You can't just – he's lowering the average for the Bradys, you know? Well, listen, all I'm saying is based on what my tight end did this week in fantasy football, <laughs> it seems like the tight end is trying to build up that end of the, uh, the exchange. That end of the but, exchange, yeah. Yeah, uh, but forgetting uh, – not forgetting about Thanksgiving, but uh, I wanted to go through some of the CDC guidelines. Did you have those? I have them in front of me. Let me no, no. run through them. So basically the holiday guidelines for the CDC, you can see them on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. If not, uh, make sure you check out the video on YouTube. Um, and on Facebook, but essentially the Thanksgiving and Christmas rules are treat it like another day. If you're going to have a family dinner, make it with the family you have in your household. So for instance, we are going to have Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be with the same four people that we have been around every single day for the last five months. Maybe with the addition of the two other people who are also in the bubble. Yeah. If that happens that they both get here, which probably won't happen, but um, I think Roberto is probably waiting until afterwards just to. Well, it's not a holiday in Mexico, so, you know, <laughs> um, they were the I don't know if you get this, Corey, but uh, for the Mexican people, they were the Indians in this kind of exchange. Oh, yeah, I know. I Pilgrim know. Indians. So. I understand. Didn't work out so well for them. He's I don't still, know. He's still a fucking citizen. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I haven't seen the paperwork. <laughs> I need a long form from. <laughs> Tucson? Yeah. Where is he from? Tucson. See, I don't even know. I, I don't know if we can trust any of this. <laughs> Trump um, is uh, Trump is thinking about taking our way birthright <laughs> citizenship, and then all of a sudden, radio, uh, radio silence from Roberto. <laughs> He's like, I ain't coming back, bro. I, I came back voluntarily. I ain't trying to get sent back. Um, but uh, I ain't thing- sitting in a fucking old Walmart in El Paso. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, camps on the border, hysterectomies. Kids in cages still happening, yeah. all still going on. So, but the fact that you can't have candied yams in Topeka is the real big, heartbreak big of it. Uh, but so you can host virtual dinners, which uh, it's actually uh, interesting because I saw on Hulu, I think, uh, Facebook portal is doing this really interesting thing where it's like uh, the head of the table seat was a portal. And the portal went to the head of the table seat at somebody else's table. Mm. And they had put another portal at the other head of that table so that you had three families all having dinner together yeah. at three different portals. And portal has that thing where it like auto focuses on the speaker. So it was moving around. It was very cute. Yeah. There's no way it functions yeah. that well in actual <laughs> life, but, but it functionally it looked very cute. Um, but the worst part is I only have one choice of what to tell my family to like call me on. It's a, it's like Google meet and that's it. Cause oh, that's no, the it, only one they can understand. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. I was going to say zoom. Zoom. Yeah. But uh, zoom. if it involves downloading something, it's just a, a fruitless effort because See, it's, and this is a good thing about my early trip home is I was, I'm like, on an audio interface website. It's you went to the wrong zoom. <laughs> well, how am I supposed to know? I Googled zoom. 
I in- pre-installed uh, Zoom and uh, Duo on See, I all devices. I should have so. thought about that before. Yeah. If I knew I wasn't going to be back in Maryland for a while, I would have. <laughs> New lesson is whatever gifts I give people, I'm going to have them delivered to me. And then I'll program them <laughs> yeah, and no, then why? I'll send them to the family. It's worth the shipping to deal with Just the connect it to the Wi-Fi. That's all you yeah. got to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've already put it in with the password. <laughs> you just need to plug it in and hit connect. That's all you got to do. Um, but the other thing to do is obviously shop online. Uh, you pointed out on our ride over here that the number one place that people are getting infections is in LA. out shopping. Yeah. In LA, yes, is out shopping. Um, people are being very responsible, but you have to buy food and going to the grocery store is a reality. So that's where people are picking up infections more than anything else. Yeah. So it's sad, but uh, I mean, that's, that's where we are. Um, and what I told my staff today was, you know, it's been a rough year. Um, but in the end, uh, I've always said that going through, uh, hard times, though it doesn't seem like it at the moment is a good thing because there are people out there who have never experienced any hard times in their life, Kim Kardashian. And, um, if you are hey, like, Hey, Hey, that sex tape was stolen. <laughs> and then only after a long time did she start to see rewards from it. Sure, I mean, sure. like. For a year, people thought she just made a sex tape and she didn't make any money from it. And then how was she supposed to live, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so there are people like the Kardashians, uh, influencers and the like, who don't really have bad days. Uh, they do things like their bad day, by the way, is we had to quarantine for a week and take three tests so that we could go to a private island for a party yeah. with a bunch of people. Um, and so the thing is, they will never enjoy those good times as much as those of us who have really struggled will because you can only know how good something is by knowing how bad it can be. So we'll know how good things we will appreciate the little things in life, like going to the store without a mask or not walking back in my apartment four times. Cause I forgot my mask and my gloves and then also my headphones. I'll just go back for the headphones one time and then I'll be gone. Um, but we'll appreciate that because we've been in that position where we're bat. Everyone's Batman. It's like, oh fuck my mask, and I have to go back into. That. Well, I mean, there, there's a a. I wonder if Batman ever forgot his mask. Is that in <laughs> one of a lesser DC tome? Yeah. Uh, the uh, the part that that I, I I like to think of it in terms of like what when we see our families now. We see our families once or twice a year, uh, as opposed to when I was living in home, like you know, multiple times a week. So like when. <laughs> But like, I mean, like, you know, when you see them multiple times a week, you know, hugging them goodbye doesn't feel like a big thing. When yeah. you see them twice a year, it means a lot more. Yep. Uh, now that I haven't seen them for, you know, going on a calendar year, like I, you know, I, I, I desperately want to see them and hug them and tell them I love them and everything like that. But, you know, we just got to we got to push through a little bit more. I know it's tough. And this is the worst part because, you know, L.A. is about to shut down again. Yep. It's like right on the horizon. Uh, well, we it's six underway. Thou- we had 6,000 cases in L.A. today, uh, which is a lot <laughs> yeah. for, for anywhere. Um, Restaurants are shutting down. I mean, unless you're the governor. They, then they're not, but, you know, they're shutting down for most And that's people. the worst part. Like, you know, like really all uh, the, you know, Newsom, Garcetti, or whoever your local people are, Hogan, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, they're shutting down the things that they can to try and make some sort of impact. Like, People aren't playing by the rules, so now I have to shut down restaurants because I have no other choice. This is all I can do. Yeah. Uh, if people would listen to, you know, the governor, or the the mayor, whoever it is for them, and they said, please don't go anywhere. Please have a, 
Thanksgiving at home with just the people you live with and stuff like that, then I, I think we'd be a lot better off if people would just listen. But, you know, like that nobody wants to, to listen and everything is politicized now. And there's no way to calmly and politely ask people to play by the rules. So, like, <laughs> you know, it, it just it gets led to this point where you have to. And uh, there's different uh, rules in different jurisdictions. We were saying earlier we could have driven 40 minutes and gone and seen a movie in a movie theater. Yeah. Which is great, and I would love to do that, except for we would be going in a movie theater with people who had been going to bars and restaurants pretty regularly for weeks now, and that's just not... I'm not going to be willing to do that. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate, but the because within a 40-minute... And that's a 40-minute L.A. drive, not a 40-minute uh, you know drive anywhere else in the country where it's yeah. like, eh, 20 miles away, less than that, maybe 15 miles away. I mean, like, you know... It, uh, all my favorite things have been taken from me. And I'm yeah. not trying to say woe is me because there's people who have it way worse than me. You know, like I, 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 I'm very lucky that I am healthy and safe and yeah. not your on the street. Things, and like, not your favorite people have been taken away. And some well, yeah. people have lost their favorite people. And oh yeah. And I, so. you know, like, and a lot of people have lost a lot of their feet. You know, like the, the worst is that you're seeing <sighs> the stories about like these super spreader events where like people had a wedding with 400 people and, you know, 80 people got sick and 17 people died. Like, can you imagine 17 of the 400 closest people, you know, dying all at once because of something you did like that? The, there was a woman on CNN. I, I wouldn't. I, you know, it's like one of those things like you could be in a car accident. That's not your fault. That kills somebody. Yeah. And I would I would have a hard time like dealing with that for a while, even though it had nothing to do with me. It was like. It was a freak occurrence. Like I just happened to be the method that this happened. Mm -hmm. But like, I, 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 I would really struggle with it, and I, I would struggle with it if I gave somebody COVID too. That's that's part of the reason why I try and be so like extra yeah. safe. Like uh, there was a woman on CNN who her husband got COVID, and then as he was dying, they tried to follow the guidelines as best they could, but her her grandfather and her mother both came. No, wait, not her husband, her father. Her father was dying. So she and her mother and uh, her grandfather all basically tried to follow as best they could. But as he died, they were overcome and went in the room and, you know, did what they did. And then two weeks later, on the same day, her mother and her grandfather died. And she was basically like, so now it's me. I'm the only one left. And I'm positive, um, but I'm asymptomatic. So tell me how that works. That, like, I'm asymptomatic and everybody else died. I mean, like, I do... I, I, I like to think about it in terms of the possible downside of this sort of thing. Like uh, there were legal things I've done in my life, like illegal <laughs> things legal. I've done in my life. You know, yeah. I sped, right? Mm -hmm. Murder that one time. <laughs> <laughs> There's a st statue of limitations. That one ain't up. So no, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, for, uh, you know, a 40 mile per hour speed limit. I'm going 60 when I'm a younger kid. Like, you know, or 80 or uh, whatever, you know, you know like it, it's 95. It, you're you're it, in my mind. I was safe. Yeah. I was in control. There's nobody else around. Just wanted to open it up a little bit. Yeah. Ain't no problem with that. Uh, Top of your reflexes in your life. You with, know? with the with the idea being that if it wasn't safe, it wasn't ideal that I wouldn't be speeding like that. And I had an opportunity where I felt like I could gun it a little bit and I did it. So, you know, like in reality, the, the risk is higher because you're going faster and you might crash and hurt yourself worse than if you were going the speed limit. Yeah. But, you know, if what's the difference at a certain point? Uh, you know, it, it's not quite the same as like, well, you know, I want to go see my family because I haven't seen them all year. And, 
you know, like nothing bad's going to happen to them. No, I mean, like, you know, the chances there's there's an outside chance that you hug your dad and then he dies alone in a room because nobody can go visit him in the COVID section, it's COVID ward of the hospital. Or somebody goes and visits him. And they also get COVID in that moment, and then they die as well. I, I, I wouldn't. If you told me that, like, you know, like the the chances of if I went one mile over the speed limit, that you know, there's a thirty percent chance that somebody I love dies, I'd be like, no, I'm not gonna ever yep. do that. Why would I? Like, well, and that's why. Uh, funny thing, I also liked to speed when I was younger. Um, I was in law school also, which made me feel like I had like a little bit of a, you know, pull me over. Go ahead. Yeah. I got to fight in this. It's fine. But, uh, then I started dating I gotta someone. I got to test my skills. Uh, yeah. Uh, then I started dating someone who had a kid and all of a sudden I started, stopped driving 95 in a 65 and started driving 64 in a 65. Yeah. Because I make one mistake and this very small person who depends on me for life loses their life. And I will have to live with that for the rest of my life. And not worth it. It's not worth it to get there a little sooner if I'm going to put these people at risk now. Yeah. And honestly, if I know that most of the people who are out there and partying don't have kids and they can't even imagine what it'd be like to have kids. But think about that. That again, if, if speeding meant someone had a chance of dying in your life, would you do it? No, of course you wouldn't. Well, going home and breaking these rules does mean somebody has a chance of dying. Just don't do it. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it's not just a chance of dying. It's a, a significantly higher chance than, yeah, under normal circumstances, like, you know, speeding, speeding on a sunny day when there's nobody around and speeding during a hurricane is not the same thing, you know, yeah. like, so you got to think about like how the, how it relates to the, the probabilities of what, what we're talking about here. Well, and once again, like the United States, COVID has taken over the podcast and we spent more time than we allotted for that. But, yeah. uh, speaking of people who have, uh, people who have lost people close to them that were very important. Rudy Giuliani has lost his hairdresser, clearly. Uh, and he is, that's a very important person because now he's dying his hair himself. And then this happens. Um, which, I, I mean, I make that joke, Corey, but here, I'm, I'm going to put I, you up with No, the, no, with I, I, I actually flipped over to the video so I could see. I, I just enjoy watching Rudy's face melting. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, and I suspect. <laughs> the faces I, he makes, too, are the, the most, I like, it, it literally looks like he's like, I'm leaking. <laughs> It's the, the I when I first saw this, I thought that it was Tanner that he was sweating on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh well, he's been around Trump for too long, and now he's sweating Tanner. But um, then somebody point, correctly pointed out that, oh no, it's he's sweating, and he clearly is dying his own hair now, and it's not holding as well. Yeah. as the dye would have, and now he's just black is dripping through the fake Tanner. Yeah, and it's getting this very dark tan line down his face. Um, and I, this aside. Uh, Rudy had, this I, was part it, of an insane, uh, <laughs> news conference. Just as a thing about hair dye, I'm 36 years old. Yeah. I got a little gray going on here. Nothing, yeah. nothing super noticeable, but like if you're up close, you can definitely see it. Yeah. I got more in my beard than I have in my yeah. head. The so. beard, the beard probably comes in more because it's all like right here. Too, yeah. An obvious spot. Uh, and you know, there's been a moment where I've thought about like, oh, maybe I'll dye it because it just looks weird to have like. It's like when you're a teenager and you only have like four hairs. facial hairs, or, like, or if you're in your twenties and Roberto, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, you, you, it, it just, I would rather it be even. Yeah. Like, I don't mind going gray. I think I'll, I'll look very good when I go gray. I just rather it not be patchy. I'd rather just like, you know, like when a celebrity is in quarantine and then all of a sudden you notice they have gray hair. Yeah. So it's like, I just wanted to change one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, as my dad, my dad went gray, went not gray, but white. At my age, my yeah. age I am now, and and I'm worried about that. But he was like, no, no, no. At, at like 28, it started, and I was just all the way there by 38. So 
hopefully I got my mom's family's genes. Yeah. Uh, but what he said is the good news about that is people forget how old you are. It's when you get to be 50 and you start going gray that they're like, oh, that's right. You're old. But yeah. When you're th- in your thirties and you're going gray, people are like, how old are you in like 35? <laughs> then they forget. It's been 30 years. You've been gray for 30 years. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's almost better to go gray earlier. Um, and Rudy, uh, <laughs> take that, take that lesson. I mean that. And also it's like, the, you're, the, you're I, half of it's bald. You're half bald. Uh, that, what that, are you that's about the, the other part. I don't understand. Like, uh, the the people who go bald and, and nothing against people who go bald because no. you know the, you have no control over this really. Uh, but some like, people do. But yeah. I mean, some people do. But you, you, most people really don't have any control over this. I would rather, if I was going bald, I think I'd rather just go bald gracefully and naturally, and yeah. however it happens. Like, uh, it, it, I think gray is better looking than bald. You know, like yeah. So I, I would just lean into it, I guess. But you know, although maybe he knows himself. And if he had gray hair and he was balding and making these kind of faces, <laughs> people might confuse him for Doc Brown and maybe start asking <laughs> him about the flux capacitor. I don't know. But this was part of an insane um, news press conference. conference yeah. yeah. What was he? I ta- see. I didn't even listen to the pre- press conference. I just saw the reports about it. What was it about? I you know what? I I turned on uh, a YouTube video of it and I made it about like two minutes because it was just like. I was like, this is this is really bad. This is like, this is like watching videos of people getting killed. Bad. Like it just felt <laughs> like you're watching snuff tapes and stuff like that. It's like <laughs> you feel dirty inside. Facesofdeath.com. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like you just like you millennials don't know about that shit, do you? <laughs> it was in the the olden days of the internet. I'm sure I'm sure there's a a eight chan equivalent of that. Oh, but, that's also true. Yeah. But like the uh, or maybe it's on Parlor. <laughs> Get your rocks off at Parlor with a death video. Uh. It was basically like any and everything that he could possibly say to try and make it seem like this election is rigged and, you know, like, oh, just you wait. I'm going to be in court on Tuesday and, you know, like the things I'll say and the the evidence we have is overwhelming. And, and you then know, he like, was in court on Tuesday. And then oh, th- there was also uh, Sidney Powell, who was either oh, yeah. at that one or the one before it. I can't remember exactly which one. I think you were right about that. I think it was that he ha- he was doing news conferences like more often than the president, like every day. Yeah. Uh, and w- the one that she was at, and then she was all of a sudden gone, and he upped the crazy well, to make it up for the fact that she was gone. Yeah, because she brought the crazy the first time, I think, Yeah, if I remember correctly. Because she did like the, like, we're going to unre- release the Kraken. <laughs> Are you doing Kraken, by the way, on the... <laughs> The Rob explains everything. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, it might be one of the ones that's on pause because I ended up doing uh, anthropomorphism and mm. uh, personification because I use those words and then somebody hit me up and was like, "Hey, what was that thing that you were talking about?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay, all right." So. New episodes. All right, here we go. Uh, but yeah, she said they were going to release a Kraken. Uh, accused Hugo Chavez, who died. Like 2009, you know, 2009, 2009. Yeah. about uh, being in charge of the rigged voting machines that are rampant across this country. It's literally. I I think they know that anything they say in the press conference can't be brought up as uh, uh, what is it when you lie in court? Shit. Fuck. Uh, Clinton did it. Um, it yeah. Um, mm, perjury. Perjury. Uh, it's not perjury if you lie at a press conference. It is perjury if you do it in a court of law. I was a so, lawyer. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Rudy is is going up there and literally saying things that make people who are sharing this shit on Facebook think that they're like on the verge of something really great. And then he literally goes into court and he's just like, I'm not accusing anyone of fraud. 
So, which is exactly what he did during the press conference. And and so here's the, the how I know that that's exactly what he's doing. It's because I got on Call of Duty, and I don't know if you know this, Corey, but Call of Duty Online, a lot of conservatives. Oh, really? Funny thing. You wouldn't really expect that. But uh, uh, by the way, uh, Robert and Cheek on uh, Activision and <laughs> on PS Network, if you play. Uh, I'm playing Cold War now, multiplayer Cold War. So come join me there. But um, what people were talking about was all the things he said in the press conference. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, like you guys saw him in court. It was reported he basically said, no, 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 I'm not alleging any of these things. Yeah. You're referring to the news conference. What I'm talking about is our pleadings here, which we're not saying any of that. We're talking about these individuals and their claims. Yeah. And they were like, no, no, he definitely didn't do that. Like he was, he's going to go into court and he's going to talk about, I'm like, no, he, he went to court. That's done. Right. He said these things already and people just didn't believe it. The fact that Rudy went to court is the is the real bad sign here yeah uh because i never thought that i never thought we'd have a president like trump but i never thought that it would be such a bad job to have to be lawyer for the president that so many people would avoid it like the plague there was a there was a real nice white shoe firm that they hired to do pennsylvania stuff yep and I know they're a nice firm because I heard multiple people who are, you know, not like newscasters or anything mm-hmm. like that. People who are uh, uh, in the law in that area who said, this is a serious firm. Yeah. And you don't bring them in unless you have something worthy of their time. It was one of those things that were yeah. like, oh, maybe there is something. It was here. like, this is, you know, like for the first time, it looked like Trump had a capable lawyer. Yeah. And they backed out of that case so fast. Yeah. That's the thing where you take the deposit, then you get <laughs> the evidence and you look through it and you're like, you know what? Now <laughs> they, um, the, they took the deposit. Rudy came in. And it's just like, have you heard of Hugo Chavez? And it's just like, all right, <laughs> we're going to have to call the judge and uh, get ourselves taken off of this one. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, America's mayor. Yeah. Uh, the guy who saved New York, arguably, the guy who turned Times Square into what you got. And again, you uh, millennials don't know this, but Times Square used to be a lot different. Uh, yeah. It was penny peekaboos uh, and uh, strip joints all the way up and down 42nd Street. And now it's theater district. You see, but Rudy, as American's mayor, I think has taken a tumble, too, because people have realized that everything that he did was very short term gains for long term problems like. <laughs> You know, part of the way he fixed Times Square, quote unquote, is that he literally just put people on a bus and sent them anywhere else. Like mm-hmm. homeless people who were living in Times Square just sent them elsewhere. Like it it became the, you know, New York has always sort of been a playground for the rich. But mm-hmm. like during the once 9-11 hit, they realized they had the hard turn available to go even more into the yep. have and have nots of it all. Yep. I mean, like right now you can't live in New York like. A normal everyday person can't live in New York. Like, no, and by the way, L.A. becoming reasonable, which is strange. Yeah, apparently, rate uh, well, rent, I mean, rates uh, are, <laughs> rent rates are rent rates are approaching the national average somebody, zone. Somebody back home would still be like two thousand dollars for a two bedroom. What the again? <laughs> uh, so I was uh, playing with a group of people from Maryland, and they were talking about their rent, and then they were just like. Yeah, Cheek, you're not talking about a lot. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I pay uh, 1400 for 600 square foot studio. And they were just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. And he's like, I, I, that's my parents' mortgage. And I was like, yeah. And I, I, we joked because when we moved out here, our rent for a two-bedroom was more than our friends who have five bedrooms on a quarter acre were yeah. paying in mortgage. But we're also in downtown LA, and they're not in yeah. the city and you know uh we don't have kids so we don't have to be in a nice school district yeah which is what exactly um but, yeah. no, but i mean like it, you know realistically 
two of these cases that Trump has brought have had any kind of favorable opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's another one or two that are being uh, shepherded, appealed up to a higher court. But the the initial judge was kind of like, do you want to do this? Like, really, are we are we doing are we spending the court's time doing this? And just like we plan to appeal. And it's like, go okay. ahead. <laughs> Whatever. And, and like, people are pointing at those two as if, like, see, we're winning. And it's like, no, you passed the prima facie gate, which yeah. is they said, okay, so you're making these claims in the media. We're going to ignore those. You're talking about these three individuals who had problems. Great. And we're under the understanding that this will not change the outcome of the election. Yes, of course, Your Honor. But we want to make sure that these votes are counted. Okay, we'll proceed then. If I told you, if I told you that I had a pre-COVID, I had a... A fabulous party planned mm-hmm. at this amazing location. There was going to be this great food and drink and all the most beautiful people are going to be there. And I ordered the best stuff. Mm-hmm. The caviar is beluga. You know, like everything's under silver plates. It's going to be the most fantastic thing you've ever seen. High class all the Never way. Never put caviar on a silver plate. I'm just, please. <laughs> I'm just saying. But anyway. You didn't know you that. Show up. How you dare show you? show up. You show up thinking it's going to be this big thing, and it's McDonald's. Okay. Now, there is food. Mm-hmm. There is drink. Mm-hmm. There are people. Yep. Eh, maybe a couple of the details didn't quite work out the way I did, but did I lie? I mean, this is kind of like what's happening with some of these legal... Like, yes. You know, the, the two that he's won, they've thrown out like... 56 votes that they probably weren't going to count to begin with or something. Yeah, ones that have been sat aside anyway and weren't part of the totals. Like, these are really questionable votes. We're going to put them aside. It's like Trump uh, lawyers win cases where it's just like, they shouldn't be counted. It's like, fine. Yeah. It's not not millions of votes. Like, when you show up at the McDonald's, you're just like, this isn't the Gatsby party I was imagining. Like... It's my... uh, My... The example... (laughs) The example that I use is that it's enough that there are people on the Democratic side who if we were a reasonable society, would just say, you know what, uh, we're going to toss those if it'll stop your argument. Yeah. But everyone has the NRA position now where it's like, we don't give an inch. Yeah. So we're going to fight you on these that we even agree are kind of questionable, but we're going to fight you because we will do not want you to get a win. But in the end, it's 56 votes. And that isn't even enough to turn the precinct yeah. In the, the part of the county, in the county, in the state that you're trying to turn. I so. mean, realistically, I think they were preparing for a very close election. Mm-hmm. And if this was, you know, Gore Bush, then we'd be in much different situations right now. No, I think, no we wouldn't, because right around now is when the Supreme Court just ended that whole Well, thing, no, so. but I'm saying, like, I think that, you know, we wouldn't have Rudy out there if yeah. this was Bush-Gore. The reason why we have Rudy out there is because legitimate lawyers don't want to take this case. Right. I was going like, to say, uh, there were a lot of legitimate lawyers in many states during Bush Gore. And I mean, Trump was setting it up like there's going to be a lot of fraud. You got to look out for it. Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Mm-hmm. Turns out to be the safest election that we've ever had. His own administration says so. Yes. One one uh, count of voter fraud in Michigan. Yes. Where uh, a guy voted for his daughter, I believe. Right. His father, I think. His father. Okay. And voted for Trump. Yes. With that vote. Hmm. Uh, and it's the first time in like six election cycles that they've purported fraud in Michigan at and, all. Oh, by the way, he was caught before his vote was cast. Yeah. So exactly. it's not even really voter fraud in so much as there was a vote cast. It's someone tried to vote. Yeah. And we caught him. And by the way. Which makes him a felon, which makes his vote not count. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> no, he got his one vote. Yeah. It was that he went back a second time yeah. and they caught him coming back a second time and that doesn't count. And now he won't be able to vote again because he's a felon. So good for him. 
Uh, but I mean, beyond this, the the more troubling thing is just that the whole GOP has decided that they're going to go along with this crazy nonsense uh, as well, or at least humor it, which is almost worse because See, the transition I would have gone with there is speaking of beautiful people. <laughs> Bernstein has been talking to senators <laughs> because I'm going to put up his picture next to you, Corey, so you can enter this story. But that is one good looking DC politico. Oh yes. Hey, Hey, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I interrupted you. I, was just trying to... I just had that picture pulled up there and you were talking about beautiful people. And I was like, Oh, look, at <laughs> this you, is going to work. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Bernstein, Carl Bernstein just, uh, uh, had a tweet this morning where he named names <laughs> It was great. I'm I'm so happy that somebody is ready to do it. Maybe Bernstein's just like I'm close to the end. Fuck it. Like <laughs> I'm just gonna do it now. Well, and here's the <laughs> thing: the the, two, the tweet that's up on the screen now that people can see, he basically said, "I've weighed this out and I've talked to other reporters, and I do not feel as this is a breach of my journalistic integrity." Yeah. None of this was said to me in confidence. None of this was said to me as background on a story. People volunteered to me that like, no, no, he won. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. 21 senators have told uh, Carl Bernstein that they realize that this is a illegitimate or like that the, you know, Trump lost and he needs to concede and the transition needs to go. And there's no air of impropriety about the whole thing. And uh, we need to move on to the Joe Biden administration. But of those 21 people, five, six, some like that mm-hmm. are people who've said anything like that on the record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's profiles in courage like Marco Rubio and Ben Sass in there. Uh, I think Ben Sass. Oh no. He kneecapped the president before the election. And yeah, then he, he, hasn't, I, he hasn't been pro Trump at all during this entire. No, thing, but I, I, I don't think he, did he say anything? I don't know. It, it, what's so weird about this whole thing is that, that the Republicans are desperate not to have Trump mad at them mm-hmm. so that they don't lose the Georgia Senate race. Yep. And or just in general, all the crazy Trump people who are taken to the streets to say that there's a rigged process. If Trump is like, I need all of you to check out till 2024. Forget about this GOP race in in Georgia. The Dems are going to take it in a landslide. Yeah, it seems like Stacey Abrams and God bless you, Stacey Abrams. Yes, please. uh, But she is doing everything she can to get out every single vote that she can get out for that uh, special election. And if Trump just decides to check out. We're, the GOP's done. Uh, yeah. You're not coming out to vote for. Uh, well, it's not Kelly even check Lawson. out. It's just like specifically tank. I'll their turn chances. on you. Yeah. yeah. If, if like, she turns on Kelly Loeffler, she's not likable yeah. to begin with. She was barely electable before. It's <laughs> so funny. Uh, how do you, how does the choice? How do you go into a Georgia voting booth and go like, do I want to vote for the reverend for the church that Martin Luther King preached at? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or do I want to vote for the person who's the wife of the person who owns the New York Stock Exchange? Which one of these people is more like me? <laughs> well, unfortunately... Which one can relate to my current position in life as a apple picker? Well, Corey, here's the problem. Uh, you are going coming to that with one of these uh, coastal mentalities. <laughs> because the first question is not about the job and the relatability... The fir- because the answer to that question, when I go in and I am an average Georgia GOP voter, yeah. is I say, which one of these people is more like me? And then I remember seeing on the news that there's yeah. only one white face to choose from. <laughs> so I choose for the white person yeah. and call it a day. Um, despite the fact first, that... First first part race. Second part, whether or not they have a little R or a little D next to their name. Yes. Third part, 
if they relate to me in some sort of way. Yeah. Or so, I mean, the other race... Whether is, they're going to look out for my best interest. The other race is the harder one because you have two white people running yeah. and it's just like, oh, okay, so now let me go to the so next So it just stage. automatically goes to stage two. <laughs> Which one odd. of these is the Republican? Got it, yes. <laughs> um, but again, I, I encourage everyone to read and apparently there's a really good documentary you can watch for free if you have a library card. Um, we should get the link and provide that for people because... What's the matter with Kansas? We've been talking about it since 1990 when this book originally came out that 70% of Republican voters vote for people who do not represent them at all. Yeah. You, you say to yourself, well, abortion is a big deal to me, so I'm going to vote for somebody who is uh, pro-life. And then you realize that the person you're voting for does not give a shit about the pro-life debate. Yeah. They are taking that position to get your vote, and then they're going to spend all of their time on giving money from the public coffers to the rich because they're rich and it's more important. You want you want to know how much of a deal breaker issue it is? Look at how many Democrats say that they're pro-life in heavy red districts. Yeah. Like the Democratic Party has basically looked the other way on that issue if you were in a competitive enough district. Uh, like Nancy uh, Pelosi couldn't walk up no. walk up to the thing. I want next, her to. Yeah. I want her to do that. <laughs> just be like, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it. This abortion thing's wrong. Like, you know, there, there's just no way. But like, you know, if you're a Democrat running for a solid red Alabama seat, the then judge. there's no way. Like Doug Jones, I think, was not pro-choice, but he was like one of those like there are very specific situations in which I think it's appropriate. Yes. And I wouldn't approve of anything other than these situations, but unfortunately Roe v. Wade is the law of the land. Yeah. <laughs> Doing one of those like, let me see how much I can waffle on this answer kind of. Hey, Republicans, <laughs> are you listening to me? I'm saying rape and incest is my line. Democrats, now you need to pay attention. Roe v. Wade's the law of the land. We need to follow. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a judge, the judge in Queen Anne's County, whose name now escapes me, the last Democrat to win District 1. Oh, um, Gilchrist. No, no. He was a Republican. They're after oh, the Democrat. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's I now remember. a judge because he got beaten by Andy Harris. Right. Um, I liked him, too. I can't man. remember. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he was uh, anti-Obamacare. Yeah. And vocally. Um, pro-life. Not pro-life. He was that like, listen, I'm pro-choice, but. <laughs> but we, I have a couple exceptions. We can't be using uh, abortion as birth control, but. I would like to make birth control widely available to everybody and for free. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. way we don't have to worry about it. But uh, in cases of incest or rape, we need to have it be an option for people. But you know, I've been a Catholic my whole life and I feel like the Catholic church has guided us well on this. I disagree with Catholicism when it comes to birth control, because I think that's how we avoid this problem. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He walked this weird line, but then like if, uh, honestly, uh, sorry to call it the judge, but if you talk to him in private, he's like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah. I'm a terrible Catholic. I <laughs> Birth control is absolutely necessary. That's I have funded many abortions. <laughs> and I'm not saying that <laughs> about the judge. Uh, but that he, was me. That was a joke. It's yeah, all right. But he was very much pro-choice. Uh, he was a very forward-thinking Democratic mind, but he knew Obamacare does not fly in his district. And there are a lot of voters like my parents for whom abortion is the issue. Yeah. They're not even gun people. I'm more of a gun person than my parents, but abortion is their thing. Religion is where it's at. And they're not Catholics, but he came out being very religious. He's a every Sunday Catholic and they can be forgiving about the fact that, you know, you pray, you talk See, to the priest instead of God. But so, I mean, like, I, here's my question. And I don't mean this as insulting to people who may be listening to it, who are Trump fa fanatics. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying somebody just happened to tune in at this moment and be like, hey, I wonder what they're talking about on this podcast. 
Uh, I'm like, just saying, I, like it's I on radio have, dial. Like I have said things that have caused Secret Service investigations <laughs> to both of us. So if there's any Trump fans left, I doubt they're listening. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I I think that it's not so much that they want to like keep this voter block because they think they're so productive. I think it's just that like you know they're they're dumb for the most part, and they're just trying to keep them from having to think about it too much, like. I, I, I thought about it in this term earlier because it, we, we, we talked a couple weeks ago about how like uh, owning the libs has sort of become the yeah. generalized philosophy of the, the Republican Party these days. I mean, like I think about it like, you know, if Buck Showalter wasn't a good manager, but every single postgame press conference, it was like a Rodney Dangerfield bit where he was like, oh, yeah, Derek Jeter sucking dick in the locker room. Like, I'd love it. I'd laugh. Yeah. I'd, I'd find it hilarious. I wouldn't find the losing very hilarious, like if he wasn't a good manager. But there are people like, in Baltimore who'd be like, "What are you talking about? Give it a buck." Do you hear those? <laughs> that? Yeah, have you lost, heard his press he, conference? Like, hilarious! Yeah, it's great. I told Derek, Derek Jeter to suck dick the other day. Who does that? It's like, yeah, but we lose every game. It's like, yeah, but he's great. Like, oh, we were losing oh, every lose. game before too. What do you want? Let's have some fun with this, man. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. It's like, I, you know, like it, we're, we're getting an adult in the room. How much how much anyone necessarily agrees with Joe Biden up for debate. But like we finally have an adult in the room and people are just like, no, but we like the guy who was like Derek Jeter sucks dick. It's like, do you want to win or do you want to yeah. do you want to have fun? Like, like well, and, and one of the things is uh, Republicans have to keep Trumpers in the party. Yeah, because so much of the party has moved right to the Trumpers. Yeah. If they lose them. There's no party left. You right. have a Trump party. You're in the run. You're in this del- delicate bouncing act where you both want to win and have the guy who like fucking insults the best player on the other team. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you have the other team who has moved very far to the center with their guy, but who is also, by the way, with his V or not his Veep choices, but his uh, cabinet choices. Yeah. Basically saying, uh, hey, left wing of the party. Hang on. I got to get I got to get some John Kerry's and some, you know, reasonable, yeah. uh, you know, Mitt Romney. Maybe I want to take him out of the Senate, and put him in something in here because he's a reasonable man. Listen, I'm going to nominate Rahm Emanuel for something, because the only thing these Republicans know is about uh, covering up a murder investigation. So I need to get this guy front and center. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I think aptly I heard on Fox News. Ironically, of all places, yeah. they said the only people who should be upset about these uh, picks for the cabinet positions are the left wing of the party who backed Biden because he's not coming through with any of the the uh, lefties that he promised. Right. And I'm like, wait, what channel am I watching here? <laughs> and they're like, they're like, John Kerry, you couldn't get a more reasonable diplomat to run something. Yeah. And if you want to have people trust us again, this is who you put in that position. Yeah. And like, we don't have any. Like, we hate John Kerry when he's running against the uh, Bush. Bush was it Bush. Yeah. Yeah. When he's running against Bush, we hate him. But I mean, reasonably, he's on our side of the middle. So. Okay, I mean they didn't really hate John Kerry either. That's uh, that's really the thing. Like, you know, even when it was Bush Kerry, it's not like you were voting for Bush because you hated Kerry. I mean that's true. That, I keep forgetting <laughs> like, that this is a new thing that yeah. we've been brought on. Like, we weren't hating. You the might other have people. voted for Kerry because you hated Bush, mm-hmm. but I feel like it, even as much as that sound, as much as in the time it felt like hating Bush was like the reason to vote for Kerry, like it wasn't nearly as high as it was for Biden, like. People yeah. were just like, shut up. Don't even think about anything else. Just vote for Biden. We don't have time for your bullshit about like why you're upset about this thing and another. The, the, the democracy is on the line. Let's just get the guy who's not a child. Like It occurs to me, uh, I disliked Mitt Romney 
but I believed in change. And then I was disappointed four years later, and I was like, you know what? John McCain. Oh, it was the other way. McCain and then Romney. Was it McCain-Romney? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was on board with John McCain until Sarah Palin. And then I was like, okay, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, Let's see how this change thing works out. And then Romney came. I'm like, well, now, so that means for the last three elections, I've been on the side of like, I just don't like this other person. Yeah. And I'm going to vote for the one who at least kind of represents what I, the things I believe in. Closer to, at least. Listen, I they're wonder, both going to bomb brown children. One of them's going to feel bad about it. So I wonder who... I wonder sometimes in a reverse, uh, if you reconstruct it, and, mm-hmm. and uh, McCain picked anyone other than Palin, if it would have made a subda- substantial difference. So I'm trying to remember Because I, I was, did... I was like... I was very it's McCain not, on that. It's not like I was, I was like 100% committed to voting for McCain at the time, but I was pretty solid in his in his camp i was like i'm probably gonna vote for mccain i like obama but i'm probably gonna vote for mccain because i i believe i did say i like obama but this uh we can stuff sounds pretty cult-like uh, yeah, uh, and then the whole Sarah panel came out and i'm like all right we can sure that's <laughs> there was a there was a part of it that all felt like it was a little bit too like uh uh buy a coke and smile you know like mm, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt like it was a think tank that that came up with a great campaign then i'm trying who was running against mccain in the republican primary in that year like when john mccain gets in it's rough because you know like you're going to clear out most of the field just by knowing he's going to be there i don't think he had a serious romney i think his name was in in 2012 which is why he was a front runner in 24 uh 26 uh, 2012 yeah maybe yeah yeah either way it's Mm. uh I would have probably reacted to Romney the same way I reacted to Palin, though. Like, what uh, are the uh, regardless of where we are, there somebody in the Republican Party needs to sit Trump down and just be like, "Listen, we need we need to come up with a clean break here because, you know, one way or the other, you're going to be heading home on January 20th. So we're willing to help you uh, act like this was a a uh, a humongous corrupt process, but you have to." Meet us halfway here a little bit. Like Listen, you, we've been we've been uh, I mean, dating the, the, for four the, years. <laughs> we share a lease. If you start punching holes in the wall on the way out, we're both going to pay for that. And what we'd like to see is a nice amicable break where we keep the Senate. Uh, if I mean, the GSA said that that they're going to start allowing money to go to the Biden campaign, which is like the first sign yeah. that the Trump administration has sort of acknowledged that uh, Trump is going to take over. Three hundred fifty thousand. It seemed calls. like. <laughs> It seems like uh uh well uh, whoever her name Emily Gordon I think it is yeah. is yeah, the yeah. head was gonna come in and testify to Congress today and then she was just like no I'm gonna send a name next week Katie Porter's like breaking the whiteboard over her name going like you take it now um but by the way said defiantly like nope not coming today I'll send an aide next week and then quietly announces they're gonna start releasing money for my campaign like oh okay all right well because well, there was people on Twitter I, I, again I, I just love the the Twitter outroar that happens when when somebody's just like no I'm gonna send an aide next week it's just like you know it used to be a real nice day when the uh, contempt of Congress meant something <laughs> like, yeah, and you get I'm- the chief chief guard to go out there and drag you out of your office and bring you to congress like i'm thinking about um mccarthy and i'm thinking about like dalton trumbo being not dalton trumbo dalton trumbo yeah dalton trumbo yeah being dragged before congress and on threat of (laughs) being put in jail until he says something to congress because he sat there quietly and said nothing and then they're like you have to talk you're gonna go to jail and he's like all right yeah i'm a communist 
Uh, uh, by the way, I also wrote best picture last year. So what do you, <laughs> what do you want to do? Um, but yeah, but when communism meant like, we're going to drag you in here and throw you in jail until you give us an answer. But now it means absolutely nothing. And by the way, I don't know what Dalton Trumbo looked like. Cause all I can picture in my head is, um, <sighs> Trumbo, the movie. Yeah. What's his name? Cranston Cranston sitting in a bathtub. Every yeah. time I think of Trumbo, I think of Cranston in a bathtub and I'm like, <laughs> listen, he's a great actor, but Dalton Trumbo was like a perennial figure, both for communists and for screenwriters yeah. and for people who want to be politically active. And now all it's I can basically think Cranston in a fucking bathtub <laughs> <laughs> with that fucking cigarette yeah, holder yeah, yeah. in the corner of his mouth. Oh, well, uh, a couple things before we get out of here. Yes. Uh, first of all, a a uh I had a moment this morning where I was uh on Twitter, like I apparently was all day today, <laughs> as evidenced by this conversation. Uh Baltimore, uh not to not to the surprise of anyone, fast their three hundredth murder today. Ooh. Uh and what I find interesting about this, just a quick point, is that LA just got up to three hundred murders just this past weekend i think well that that makes them equal then except the difference (laughs) is that la has four million people and baltimore has six hundred thousand people and 300 murders for baltimore is like ho-hum and 300 murders for los angeles is what the fuck is wrong with our city we're descending into (laughs) we're in a crisis this is (laughs) chaos uh also even if you count the I metro, mean, Garcetti's not going to do fucking anything about it, but I mean, like, that's beside the point. Even if you count the metro he doesn't area, do, he doesn't do anything about the, the, the problems he already has. So if you count the metro area, it's like 12 million people, but you yeah. had like 10 murders. If you had the metro area in, in Baltimore, it's like, oh, well, okay, now we break a million. Maybe it's probably like one and a half with Thompson yeah. and, and Lutherville and uh, Dundalk. Yeah, like Anne Arundel County. Yeah, and all sure, that. Yeah. around the area. But the, I mean, I guess if you count, oh, because Brooklyn is in Baltimore City. That's right. It's Brooklyn. Uh, no, Brooklyn Park is in. Brooklyn Park is, but not Brooklyn. No, Brooklyn Park. I'm sorry. Brooklyn Park is Anne Arundel. Brooklyn is. Right, yeah. See? I yeah, remember. Yeah. I remember the whole like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't live in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn, Brooklyn Park. Brooklyn Park. It's very different. Uh, cross, it's past the 7-Eleven. That's <laughs> very important. It's a um, full 800 yards away from Baltimore City. I don't know why you can confuse me for It's funny, though, because if you add the metro area, you get 12 million in L.A., and you probably add, like, 50 murders. And if you add the metro area in Baltimore, you get to, like, one and a half million, but you also only add, like, 10 or 15 murders. It's not that many. So it's it's like, it's literally just Baltimore City. Yeah. And, uh, you know, L.A.'s having the same problem that Baltimore's having. Uh, I've read a story. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm on just you and people can't see me. Um, I read a story in the LA Times that was just basically like, oh, well, a lot of this is fueled by uh, drugs because mm. people are staying inside. And a lot of people were like, uh, Corey, uh, you know, I've been pushing you to quit smoking. I'm like, hey, it's a good time to quit smoking at the end of the year because California is crazy and making crazy laws. But there's people who were just like, you know what? If I'm going to be locked inside for three months, now it's time to get clean. Um, I can do it now. Cause yeah. I, it, I'm going to get in trouble if I leave and me in South central might draw some attention right now. So maybe it's time, especially past curfew. Yeah. And then <laughs> the curfew was in place for a while. So yeah, people, the drug trade is down and now it's causing people to be like, well, to make money, we need to expand territory. When you expand territory, it causes conflicts with other people. And I mean, you know, the, like I was saying to you before, like there, there's no drug dealers who are like instituting a mask mandate and putting yeah. out little circles that keep junkies six feet away from each other. It's that's this is a a un 
unregulated industry. So <laughs> there's going to be. And they're not getting PPP money. If yeah. the government opened up PPP money. Listen, to if like, you send it to like drug Chris, dealers, too, I mean, like, yeah, we'd be. <laughs> you know what? You want to make Burt murder zero in Baltimore? <laughs> Open up the PPP money to all the drug organizations. And then it's like, Yo, wait, you mean we getting paid? I don't have to go sit out, stand outside all day? Fuck. We all will right. pay you the same amount as you got as a drug dealer, which is equivalent to the $600 a week we were paying everybody <laughs> to literally stay home and not sell drugs. It's just like, you mean, right. I, you mean I could do this and not get shot? <laughs> Or not sold. Have and by the way, get shot by rival drug gang or a cop. police. Yeah. Like have them roll up on me, and I got to go to jail where I could also get COVID. Like this is all looking up for me. I'm fine with it. So, well, we had uh, just one last little bit to do. Mm-hmm. It, I, is the thing messed up? I don't know because it was last week. Is what messed up? The uh, drop. Oh, oh, oh! I think I reconnected this one. Okay, I just wanted I just wanted to give you a chance. I okay, here we like, go. Ready? Yeah. Uh, but it takes a uh, takes us talking about sports ball. Now nah, balls. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I found the video. I must not have dropped it back in the right folder. Nah, that's all right. Uh, so yes. Um, much like things have gotten really bad these last couple months with COVID, things have also gotten bad this last couple months with the Ravens. Oof. Uh, and just, just like COVID, it just seems to be getting worse at this time of year. And uh, we lost to the Titans yesterday. In a game that we really needed. I, I don't know how else to say. We really needed that one. And uh, I, I just don't know what to do with this team in here. There, something's not right. You know, like, something's rotten in Denmark here. Like, there's, it's not just, it's not just one thing. But there are a lot of problems. And I don't know where to start. Even though this looks like a really good team. Looks like a team that's good enough to be in the playoffs. Looks like a team that could potentially, if everything figures out, win the Super Bowl. Well, it looks like that three but like quarters the, a game, and then the yeah. Last but like right now, I just don't feel confident at all. Like I, you know, we're we're playing the Steelers this coming weekend uh, or this coming Thursday, and I just don't, I don't, I'm not looking forward to it because I just feel like there's there's a another round of pain in store for us. And uh, I know there's a lot of injuries, and you know, like people aren't <laughs> Hollywood Brown is getting passes thrown directly to his hands that he's dropping, and there it just it, it's. I don't know. Do you do you have any thoughts? Is this is this is this just bad because it's bad, or like are are we have we angered God somehow? Like, what do you <laughs> what do you point this to? Well, it's uh, I I look at uh, uh, Lamar. Yeah. In major part, uh, I think you said something last week which is very fitting. Uh, and I did watch the game this week for the first time in two weeks, and I saw that thing you had mentioned before, which was like him getting into a spot where you wait just two seconds longer than he did last year. And now there's no place to run. So now I would see him pull the ball down and look like he was going to run. Yeah. And then realize there's nowhere to go. So the ball comes back up and he's like, all right, I'm the greatest athlete in the world. I can force this in and force it in and either incompletion or turnover Yeah. or pull it back up just in time to get sacked. Um, and without having that, like, pull down, take a step, pull back up, maybe you would have gotten a completion or whatever. But it, it's – and I know you said the play calling, but the I didn't see a lot of problems with play calling, at least during during the portions of the game that, that – uh, this Sunday's game for I the mean, Titans. So – At least on the offensive side of the ball. The, the defense had some issues, but – Well, the defense has a lot of – like, the – 
our run stoppers are gone. Both Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell were out. That hurts, especially against a team like, you know, the Titans with Derrick Henry. Like, that, that's just a real tough go. But they controlled him for three quarters, and then there was almost no they, – it seemed like See, they didn't that, adjust. That's the rub on Henry because he's just such, like, a big bruising – like, when, yeah. when the game starts – yeah, you're ready to hit this guy. Like you're, you've been waiting all week to hit somebody. Yeah. Now and it's then, like, oh, I'm done. Now you're, now you've got 15 minutes left in this game. You feel like you've been in a car accident, and this guy's still running like he was in the beginning. So like, well, I think also the, the I didn't see any change in the defense, and it's he's a smart dude, and yeah. he's like, all right, so whenever I run to the left, this is how they do it. All yeah. right, I'm gonna. Take it, two seconds. It, it felt I felt a lot like chasing people. Yeah. On the defense, I I, I do. I do have to blame the play calling though on the offense because like it, it's not that it's not like the calls were bad per se. It's like that they're not executing, and then it just feels like you're not using the best of your weapons. So like there there was some uh, backup running back or wide receiver who was lining up as a running back in the third quarter. I want to say who was super fast, like just lightning fast, and they were doing these like wheel routes where he was like getting a running start and then you're throwing the ball to him in like behind the line of scrimmage, but you're like throwing the ball to him and now he's just already running full speed. Yeah. He's already up. Yeah. At speed. And he, he was, he was really fat. Like you could just notice how much faster he was than anyone else on this, on the field. And I'm just like, we have fast guy. Like we don't have like, you know, a lot of them, but like, you know, like how are you not, how are you not putting Hollywood in a situation like this? Like where you're just giving him a running start and letting him get a catch and, make a move after the fact like or like why aren't, why aren't you just doing things that just open up the opportunities a little bit more or just make them think that like that at any moment something weird could happen like that's the last year with the Ravens you would watch and you would never know when they were going to do something completely different yeah they might not be capable of running that offense right now but the surprise should still be there, I feel like. Well, I mean, like... There was only one deep strike, and it was an incompletion. But yeah. talking about just, like, hold, if you're going to do a five-step drop, just send somebody on a post route and make them think that we have the chance of throwing it downfield. Because it felt like they were doing a lot of cover, too, and everything's going to be within 20 yards, and we just keep everybody in the box, basically, or the second box. But I don't know. I, I, I don't... I really... Uh, Lamar's got an arm. Like, it's not like he, he can't yeah. throw down the field. And I, I don't question his accuracy that much i i feel like he can he can put it in there if he needs to i just don't think anyone's getting open like that's the that's really the problem like it, it we every year with the ravens we we keep saying like oh man if we only had a good wide receiver this whole thing would be different i i don't, I don't know what to say it's it just like well that's the, the one that they did throw down the field in like the third quarter uh he overthrew hollywood who yeah. was open he just overthrew him and i'm like okay if you had done that on the first drive they start respecting that you're going to throw it. You overthrew the guy who was like open downfield. Yeah, They're going to start dropping a, a, a safety every single time because who knows when you're going to do that again. It's just like, I don't know. Like I, we were watching the, or I was watching the, the Sunday night game with the Chiefs and the Raiders. And, you know, the Chiefs have, it, it's unfair to, to compare these two teams because the Chiefs have weapons at every single position multiple times. Like, if if we had McCole Hardman, who was the third wide receiver on the Chiefs, yeah. on the Ravens, he would be our number one, far and away. You know, like the number three guy on the on the Chiefs wide receiver depth chart is still better than <laughs> like most other people's like well, and, number and one. So we have a quarterback who has one and a half more seasons of experience, and I still go back to I don't blame the play calling, I blame play selection, 
during it, the play by Lamar. But it's not like it's not like uh uh you know Mahomes struggled last year. He was still an MVP candidate. No, like he he remember that Lamar started half a like a bit of a season. And yeah, last running year was running Joe season. Flacco's playbook. Yeah. yeah, and so I don't even you shouldn't even look to that as part of a year. It's what year did he have a full year of, which puts Patrick two years ahead of him. No, but I'm saying like you know if, if the first year that you know if if every year. If the first year you look promising, but you don't necessarily figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Second year, it looks like you really figured it out. Like, and now it's just fine tuning the edges to make you the ultimate player. Yeah. And then third season, you fall off significantly. Like, well, uh, I mean, and, it's, and it's not like his talent is less than it was last season. He looks just as talented. Yeah. It's just like nobody else is helping him. And like, that's the difference is that Chiefs spent money to bring in people for Patrick to throw to. They're yeah. like, this kid is crazy. Let's get him somebody to throw to. Yeah. Uh, and the Ravens were like, this kid is crazy. We're just going to let him run the whole thing. <laughs> like, uh, okay, no. Let's get some more defense. Yeah. Uh, we're going to back him up with a guy who also was put on his shoulders to run the whole <laughs> thing and then blew out his knee in his third season. Uh, so. And then, of course, uh, this week is going to be even more tough because uh, uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins have tested positive for coronavirus. And because of that, nobody is able to practice this week. At Owings Mills. At the facility, yeah. Uh, the Whether or not we actually have a game on Thursday, I think, is still up in the air as well, but depending on what happens with testing after this. Because I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, J.K. Dobbins and like Lamar Jackson were not socially distanced during the game. So they were very close to one another. Also, uh, more importantly, Adam <laughs> Or all the Thielen. defensive players who were tackling the... <laughs> tackling them, yeah. yeah. Uh, more importantly, Adam Thielen is out with COVID. So I think we should just brush this whole week off, forget <laughs> it. In fact... Uh, don't hold this week so that fantasy doesn't count. And then next <laughs> week we'll pick it up again. Let's call up Rob, see if we can get a one week push. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if the NFL doesn't, coronavirus. If the NFL doesn't play any games this week, then we'll just continue the season an extra <laughs> week. Uh, because Adam Thielen is consistently putting up like 25, 30 points for me every week. Everyone who really, winning, we're so. just going to, we're going to not play this week. Everyone who really needs a win is just going to get one. Everyone who, who's been winning already takes a loss. Like, I'm down for that. Give, <laughs> give Rachel back to back losses. Something for her to complain about again. Yeah. Uh, but uh, real quick before we get out of here, just because we have the game hypothetically coming up mm-hmm. five days from now or four days from now. Um, what, uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, Pittsburgh game going up to Pittsburgh for a Thanksgiving Day game against the Steelers? Is there well, – I mean, do you, you have s- hope? Are you, are you hopeless or are you like – You said Well, you said it last week that you have to win when Tennessee comes to town because now we're going into a still unbeaten Pittsburgh team, playing them at home, and it becomes almost a must-win game. Because yeah. uh, we go from six and three, and instead of being seven and three, we're now six and four, with a chance of going seven and four, which means you win out to get to eleven and four, right? 11 and four? Uh, yeah, I mean like 11, uh, and eleven and five. Eleven and five, yeah. I think I think eleven and five probably makes the playoffs. Uh, the AFC might, is yeah. a lot a lot tougher than the NFC, uh, but I, I I don't know. I I feel like I feel like the Ravens need this one. Like, yeah. It, Morally, if nothing else, because it, it really feels like a tailspin if you if you lose another game here, I especially three in a row, right? Four in a row, three in a row, three or four, because we beat any. That's right. The in week between. before. Yeah. Yeah. So, so th- losing three of four and then going in and losing and two of them to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't I don't think we we have a great chance of winning the division at this point. 
uh, Pittsburgh would really have to lose, lose everything. Yeah, yeah, they have to lose out, right? Well, not Although, lose out, but I mean, like, they'd have to really, you know, like stink it up from this point on. Like, they'd have to have serious injuries. I think. Well, wait. So if like, they lose every game, they end up eleven and five, right? Aren't they ten and? They're ten and zero right now. Yeah. Yeah. So if they lose, oh, so if they lose out, I guess. I know they're eleven and zero. Yeah. After yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're eleven and zero. Um, they would lose out and be eleven and five. So if the Ravens won out, we would also be eleven and five. Yeah. So. And then they. They but, might have the tiebreaker. They would have. Uh, well, no, because we would. It would come down to, to conference record, I think. Yeah. Or division record. Division I can't record. remember. The the. the they're not going to lose out. They're not going to lose out. Uh, yeah. So they're probably going to win the division. So now it's about saving the rest of the season to be one of the other two best teams that gets in yeah. with the wild card. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not feeling overwhelmingly confident. No. But this does, if anything, that I'm looking forward to this week, mm-hmm. this sort of feels like a we got to throw it all out there kind of thing. Like this is sometimes when a team – is on the ropes and it's like do, now or never if you don't start winning now then you're not going to make the playoffs you got to really turn it around at this point uh they start throwing out like you know the double reverses <laughs> the trick plays and the like literally anything that gets us success like we'll, we'll do anything to win How this about game a pre-game trick play they announce well listen no one's testing positive mm-hmm. but everybody's feeling a little weird today yeah. and then you're mike tomlin and you're like I'm not jeopardizing a perfect season uh, over this. So, Ben, you're sitting. I don't want any defenders coming near you at all. Yeah. Take all your best players and you sit them. And you're just like, you know what? No, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to, to lose the season over one game because these guys are fired up and they're also apparently feeling weird during the press. And then uh, that gives us the win. And then we can go on with the rest of the season. Or maybe they just forfeit. Like, we all crawl in the field. They crawl in the field coughing. Yeah. And <laughs> Just like I ain't doing that shit. No, no, they tested no, no, negative. They, they can win. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> they tested negative. They're fine. No, it's okay. It's okay. I don't feel confident about this. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't know who the Steelers play the next two weeks, but if it's tough, if, if it's tough games, and it might be, yeah. Like, hey, you know what? No, no, Ben, you, you stay over here. You're 38 years old. I don't yeah. need you getting COVID right now. So, well, hopefully, hopefully something miraculous happens. I, it's never. I've never. With two two teams that have been this good, yeah, especially in a Raven Steelers matchup, I've never been less confident than I am right now yeah. that the Ravens are gonna win somehow. Like, well, and the problem is that the losses they had weren't terrible losses; uh, they were competitive all the way through. And it just, I mean, less competitive in uh, last um, week's game. But. but I mean, like some of these games have been competitive when they shouldn't have been. Like the Eagles game right. was competitive and it shouldn't have been. Yeah. like that. That's the problem. Like, yes, all the games are competitive, but like. I would, uh, you know, the Ravens were blowing out people left and right last year, and I would like a little bit more of that magic. But. Well, and I think that the, for the for the Eagles, though, just to, to count on that point, they were getting in a situation where, like, we got to turn this season around. Yeah. Uh, and then they won one and then immediately went right back in the stink <laughs> after that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that they were in the position the Ravens were in now, where, like, if we don't start turning this around, it's going to be a bad season. Yeah. Um, and they got the win, and then they didn't turn around. So uh, maybe that's why that game was so bad. Well, uh, I don't know what your plans are for Thursday. If you're not spending it with family, can I make a recommendation? Uh, what's that? Oh, the anthem.com. Cord of the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com. I always mess up website. I just like blur right through that. What is it? My, what is the... 
my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I have been feverishly working on new YouTube content. I know you've heard this before, but Rob and I were talking about the, the steps that will be taken, and you will be impressed once you see it. I feel like Trump right now. Like When you see it, it's going to be great. It's going to be the, the best, greatest thing you'll ever see. Best content ever. No, but I, I'm trying a lot harder to make uh, higher end, more quality content, so let's see how that goes. Uh, and uh, for that, you can go to my YouTube, which is available on the website and the social and blah, blah, blah. All right. Yep. Uh, and of course, you can find me at Robert and Cheek and all your social networks. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com where you can find links to all the stuff that I'm working on. Uh, daily podcast, Rob Explains, still going strong. Uh, new episodes of that. We're doing Mythical Creatures right now. I took a little sidebar uh, to jump in to answer a question where someone asked me what, uh, not onomatopoeia. Um, damn. Uh, you just said it a second ago. I know. Ago, so. I literally just said it. Personification and anamorphization? Yeah, nope. anamorphism. Anamorphism? No. Did I get that wrong? Yeah, it's not that. Uh, I, I, giving animals human traits. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, I did a couple episodes on those, and then I unlocked like a little side round of like mental illnesses, including one that you give everything around you a personality. Um and I realized, Corey, that <laughs> like this is my happy fork. Well, I was going to say, do you you remember that Lily, uh, the Lily AT&T, retu- Lily Returns to yeah, AT&T yeah. commercials where it was like, oh, uh, I've been working from home and uh, this is my uh, Gerardo, my guitar and whatever. There. Yeah. That's an actual He's mental my favorite. Con- yeah. It's a mental condition that you give personality traits to everything around you. Yeah. Um, so doing the research for. Uh, per, a personification and whatever the other thing is. Uh, I found that. And then I went down this rabbit hole of like weird mental diseases that are rare. Yeah. And that uh, happens so rarely that every time someone has them, doctors are like, are you faking? <laughs> like, are you faking this thing? Um, anything anything sound like me so far? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm looking to pick up a new condition. It's been a while. Uh, I mean, well, what, listen <laughs> to the episodes and you can find it. So those are going to be this week and then we'll get back to the mythical creatures. Uh, but nonetheless, um, have that also have Rob explains, which uh, Rob explains is every day. Uh, every man movie reviews. If you saw or heard the most recent episode, we are going to go on hiatus at the end of this year. So make sure you check out the next 13 episodes. Uh, those will be the last 13 for at least the time being, uh, probably until at least uh, movie theaters reopen and there's more new content yeah. to reviews of. Um, but I'm going to be focusing on some other stuff, uh, bringing out some new projects. So uh, we'll have announcements about that after the first of the year. But you can find all that stuff uh, on the website. So look right there. Splendiferous. Yes. All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Bathroom time. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs>